Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, we have a good show tonight, I believe. Oh, man, tonight's show is going to be very, very interesting. <laughs> you heard how I said that. I said, we have a, a good show tonight, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> tonight's show is going to be about something a lot of us spend so much time doing, and it's running our lives, a lot of us. And, Brian, we need to stop it. We need to stop letting this particular thing kill us. That's what's going on. Yes, yes. You know, um, it's funny because some people embrace what we're going to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. Some people despise it. You know, and and I think that's that's really where, where we got to go here. We got to find out what your take is on this issue. Mhm. Mhm. I, I I tell you, boy, I tell you, it, it it's almost we've replaced everything with. This one thing. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if we're slaves to it. Wow, it's amazing that you'd say that word because I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting. You know, I said it's going to be an interesting show because, you know, as we as I talk to people and I ask them certain questions like, "Hey, how are you doing? You know, who are you?" Or even when you introduce yourself, you tell people your name. You tell them where you're from, and then you tell them what you do. And that's always, no matter what, when you introduce yourself and you're talking about yourself, this is what people do. Tonight's show, we're going to talk about your job, a love-hate relationship. You know, we want you all to call in, chime in, tell us what you think. The call in number seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. That's 718-508-9600. You know, Greg, first off, I want to talk about Wednesday night's show. I mean, we had uh, actress and HIV-AIDS activist Shirley Ralph on, and she was just phenomenal. Yes. Yes, she was. You know, I mean, she, she gave us such great information to take on to our families. And for those that are listening in the Tallahassee area, Tallahassee, Florida area, or if you're in North Florida, or South Georgia, or even Southeast Alabama, come on down to FAMU on tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. It's the Sometimes I Cry, a one-woman show focusing on HIV-AIDS and its effect on black women. And it's going to be a one-woman show by Miss Cheryl Lee Ralph. And she's in town tonight. My kids got an opportunity to meet her, and it was just great. Yes, and Brian, next week we have Brian Lynch on on Monday, mm-hmm. and on Wednesday we have Cheryl Williams on, and we're going to be talking about something, oh my goodness, a topic that all of the politicians are afraid to talk about, Uh-oh. and then on Friday we're going to have Yolanda Griffin, so we're, yeah. we're full next week. we got a full show next week. Already, we're already full, so if you if you have the opportunity, just come in and spend some time with us. And we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a wonderful time. Absolutely, absolutely. But, Brian, back to your question about our job. Do we hate our job? I see you posted that somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think we've allowed our jobs to consume us. And so many times we do everything we can to make our job love us. And when I say that, so many people are mistreated, so many people are struggling in their jobs, they see other people promoted around them, and they feel like they should be promoted. And maybe that's the case. Maybe they should be promoted. But the first thing that people say is it's not fair. Well, we have to ask, whose definition of fair are we going by? Are we going by the supervisor's definition of fair, or are we going by your definition of fair? I guarantee you the definitions are different. And, Brian, I know you've been on a job, a lot of us have been on jobs before, where we've been treated less than human. People just walk on you, step on you, and just do you any kind of way and expect for you to sit there and take it. But when you say something and you stand up for yourself, 
that's when all the heat, and now you're sitting on the hot seat for taking up for yourself. Right, right. How do you get around that? You know, Greg, it's it's a tough line because, again, you have to remember, most people that like their job, but don't, they may love their job, but, you know, some of them have to have a job. They have no choice. They have they don't have an option because they work so they can live. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have the luxury of saying, oh, you know what, I don't like this job. I'm going to take six months off and rediscover myself or reinvent myself. You know, not everyone has that luxury. I mean, I'd love to have that luxury, but I don't. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. they have they have to take it. You know, when you got mouths to feed and you got, you know, you got bills on top of bills and the bills are calling other bills, you know, you you have no choice but to take it. You know, and some people they live to bring the heat, so to speak. You know, I can recall, you know, working in an environment once before where there was an individual that all that individual did was be rude and disrespectful every single day. But if you ever retaliated, then you were looked upon as, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did that. But everyone knew that this individual was just rude. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, funny story, I was talking to my brother, and he was talking about the same type of situation where, you know, he's a, he's a truck driver, and he um he drives like the eighteen wheelers that hauls all the trash in and out of the Atlanta area, you know. So he uh, when they go to the transfer stations, you know, to drop off the one load and get the next load or whatever, he says there's this one lady that's always rude and mean, and she's always getting in people, you know, getting people in trouble, and she's nasty to people, and you know, she's never been nice to him. And so he said he knew what she was trying to do because if you say anything to her then she, you know, she, she'll she literally get you fired. You know, that she'll get you kicked out where you can't go and deliver uh, your, you know, you can't make your money, you know, because they they get paid based on the number of deliveries they make. So if you say anything to her about being rude to you, she'll get you where you can't come to that particular dump. So you got to go to the dump, you know, 30 minutes up the road. And so you lose out on money. So he says, I'm always nice to her. He says, even when she chews me out, even when she's, mean and rude to me, and she'll yell at me and scream at me, he'll just say, I'm sorry, I apologize, <laughs> you know. And it made me laugh about it because I'm thinking, he's already figured it out. And this is something that I want everybody else to kind of think about. If you allow people to control your emotions, then they control you. If someone that you may or may not like has the ability to push your buttons to the point where you they cause you to have an emotional you know outburst or anything then they're controlling you mm-hmm. they're pulling your strings and it's funny because in talking with my brother he's my oldest brother um but it seems like he always would come to me and ask me about certain things hey bro what do you think hey bro what do you think you know and, and I never would have thought I would hear that I would have heard him say, you know, turn the other cheek, don't argue, because he was always the one that we used to go and get when the thing was about to go down, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going down, let's go get Big Bro, <laughs> you know, because Big Bro comes and, you know, everybody else is like, okay, no, we, 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 let's go home because uh, we don't want none of, we, nope, we didn't do anything wrong, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And you know what, on jobs, you know, there's always these three type employees on your job. Mm-hmm. You have the gossiper. Oh. You have the detective that's watching who comes in, what time they come in, and they go back and they <laughs> tell this information and they tell that information. And then you have the nosy person that wants to carry around and stir up mess. Wow. And now there's gossiper. <laughs> For some reason, they have access to everything. Mm-hmm. And if you ever make that person mad, they're going to go out and spread some stuff Ooh. on you in the, in the workplace. They're going to tell your family business. Now, I think on your job, 
but I hear people do it all the time. They they tell their personal business too much oh, on the yeah. job. They share their personal business. When you, when you do that, if you're having problems at home, if you're having financial problems, and you share that at work, I guarantee you it's going to come back to bite you. Absolutely. Especially, especially if you've uh, spoken to someone in secret. When you make that person upset or something goes down and you get a promotion and this person does not, that information is coming back out. Mm-hmm. It's going to come out. And it's going to eat at you because you felt that this you trusted this person enough, <laughs> and now they've put all of your information out there. And you know what? You really can't blame anyone for doing that. You need to blame yourself because you're opening yourself up to problems. You're oh, with yeah. these people eight hours a day, Monday through Friday, or whatever shifts or schedules you're working. You're with these people all the time. And then you, Brian, you have this detective that's standing to the door watching, walk around the office all day. And you're wondering why is it this person is always walking around, never, ever being uh, scolded for what they're doing, but they're taking information back. Now, one thing I can tell you about the detective, Brian, they hardly ever get promoted. <laughs> I wonder why they hardly ever get promoted. I guess they they don't get promoted because they can't they, be. They're trusted. playing their role. Yes. They're in their role. Yes, and they can <laughs> and their boss don't trust them. That's right. But now, because you never know what they may be talking about the boss as well. Yeah, yeah. To someone else, and, and most off, more often than not, that's what's happening. Yeah. You know, Greg, I took a a class on um, great customer service skills, and there was some great information I learned in that class. And it, one of the things it talked about, about it was four different types of mindsets when you're in a working environment. And um, I'm going to touch on one of them. Well, actually, I'm going to touch on all of them. Um, one was called the thinker. You have the thinker, the driver, the supporter, and the motivator. Now, the thinker, if, you know, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, self-explanatory. They're always thinking of ways to do something, whether it's positive or negative. And see, these particular uh, different mindsets aren't necessarily negative, aren't necessarily positive, but these are the mindsets that they talked about in the class. And it talked about the thinker is always thinking of ways to do this. You know how there's someone that you always go to them and they're like, oh, I got it, here it is. You know, you ask them a question and they come right back at it, you know. Then you have the driver. This person is not necessarily the smartest person, not necessarily the, you know, highest on the totem pole person, but typically they're they're higher than most regular, you know, they're more like a supervisor type position. And what they're doing is they're trying to get the job done or they're trying to push you to get the job done, you know. Then you have the supporter. And the supporter is the type of person where they're always saying, come on, you can do a good job, you can do better, you can do better, you can do better. You know, they always got your back, you know. And the supporter may not actually be doing any work. They're just trying to give you some kind of support. And then you have what's called the motivator. And, you know, the motivator, interestingly enough, that's what we do. We try to motivate people. That person is not just giving you support, but they're also giving you stimulus. They're giving you some type of you know, additional motivation so that you can accomplish your task, you know. But when it comes to whether you love or hate your job, I think love is a kind of sketchy word when you when it's talking about working, you know what I mean? Because nobody loves the work, you know. They may like what they do or they may love what they do, but they don't love to work. <laughs> I'm reading in the chat room. And someone says, I hate to work, period. <laughs> and so I think I should get paid to lie on the beach being fanned by gentle breezes while snoring loudly and passing gas. Wow. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. You know, I would say that some people actually do get paid to sit on the beach, and they're called lifeguards. <laughs> <laughs> but, Brian, let me say this. Let me say this. 
I think a lot of times what happens at work, we have the arrogant and the people that just display so much hate towards the employee that it takes it to another level. And sometimes you have a sensitive employee that can't really handle how he's being uh, pushed around at work. So now you have a problem. There, oh, yeah. at, at no point can you say an employee got upset and was angry and he came in and he started shooting in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Trust me, there were flags and they were ignored. There were flags, and I guarantee that they were ignored. Why should anyone work under that type of condition that they're being hated? And I'm not saying that a person should come in and start shooting. I I disagree with that 100%. But I think at some point someone should intervene and stop that because you can see it, uh, the employees know it, and when it happens, the first thing that someone says, Brian, is, I saw this coming. I saw this coming. I knew that this was going to happen. I knew that the two of them, I knew they didn't get along. Hmm. Yeah. But that arrogance and that hate, hate is going to come out. It can't stay in. If it's in a person, it's going to come out. Regardless, whatever's in your heart is going to come out your mouth. And you can't string people along and make promises and not fulfill those promises and mistreat people just because you're in a position where you think you have power. Trust me, you may be pushing people around now, but how you live is how how you live is how you die, Brian. I put it like that. And what I mean by that is what you put out there in the world is what you're going to get back. It may not happen one year or two years or ten years, but it's coming back. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's coming back. And when it comes back, it is going to be ugly. And I think you get more production from your employees if you treat them like people. You treat them and, and go by the rules and and not so much you don't have to hang out with them and be their friend all the time. I don't I think that's a big mistake a lot of us make because we 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 take our um uh, work relationship with each other, we take it and we make it personal. I I don't think that's a good idea. Now, a lot of people can do that, but I don't think it's a good idea. What do you think? You know, I think we're going to go to commercial, and then I'll give you my answer. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's a good way to get out of it. We'll be right back. Hey, Justin, Sarah. Hi, Ricky. Hi. Hey, listen, I just heard about some kids who might try to get some beer. So? Why are you telling us? Yeah. Well, because I thought maybe we could go and, you know, drink. Why? Um, because, I guess because it's cool. Cool? Why is it cool? Well, you know, we can go and get wasted. And why would we want to get wasted? Well, remember that time when we heard some older kids talking about doing it? So? Why should we do it? Well, I guess... I guess I don't know. Sooner or later, someone may ask you if you want to drink. If that ever happens to you, maybe there's something you should ask them. Like why? Because the fact is, most kids don't drink. Even older kids. So think about it. There's no good reason to drink. Want to know more? Check out thecoolspot.org. Hello, my name is Deborah Akbar, and I've lived the last 18 years as a... Hello, my name is Deborah Akbar, and I've lived the last 18 years as a C7, C8 quadriplegic as a result of a very bad car accident that happened in 1990. But today that's about to change because I have found the Brucker Biofeedback Treatment started by Dr. Bernard S. Brucker at the Miami Jewish Home and Hospital. Now, unfortunately, even though he's had a 98% success rate, this procedure is not performed anywhere in Ohio, nor is it covered by insurance. So I'm raising money so that myself and my family can get down to Miami to have this much-needed procedure 
so that I can possibly walk again. If you would like to send a donation, please send it to Deborah Akbar Treatment Fund, Post Office Box 210034, South Euclid, Ohio, 44121-7034. Thank you. And we're now back with the Abundant Solutions Hour, and tonight's topic is Your Job, a Love-Hate Relationship. If you, have, if you have a comment or question, the call-in number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. You know, Greg, you asked me earlier about, uh, before the break, about relationships and, you know, having a relationship like friendships on the job or relationships on the job with maybe your boss or supervisor or what have you, and you asked me what did I think about it. You know, I personally think that anytime you work anywhere that you've already established some type of relationship, you know, with the people that you work with. So I think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily. It's just a, it's really about what type of relationship you, that you're having. You know, if you're trying to have a, you know, hey, let's go out and drink with the boss type of relationship, that may not be healthy because, you know, if you go out and you get wasted, you know, and the boss sees you like that, he may think you're doing that all the time and yet you're not productive as an employee, you know. You know, on the same token, if you never want to go out or, you know, Never, if you not necessarily go out, but if you never want to have a sort of relationship with your coworkers, like if you're very antisocial, you know, you don't or you don't do that, then they may think that you're not a team player. And so, there's always a fine line that you have to draw on that issue. Okay, yeah, I I just think that it, we have to be very very careful with the personal information that we put out there. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I really do believe that. And one thing about work, Brian, there's a thing called jealousy that spreads around the around the office like cancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you let someone build a new home or buy a new car and drive it to work or are talking about it. You know, you Greg, have some problems. It's funny you would say that. I was talking with one of them my younger cousins, she's actually the recipient of the first green home built in South Florida. And if anybody knows what the green home is, it's basically a home that's environmentally friendly. And it's a concept home that they're building to to see. uh, They basically built two houses right next to each other. One's a green home, one's not. And they're going to see over time which home is the most efficient or whether the green home concept can be a reality in other homes. And so she's she's the first recipient of the green home, which basically had, you know, a nice, beautiful three-bedroom, two-bath home, two-car garage, and, you know, and she's a school bus driver. So most people, you know, on her job were upset because here it is, she's a school bus driver. She's a single parent with four kids, you know, Actually, four kids, one on the way, you know, and she can afford this home. You know, and they were upset. People were calling her supervisor, you know, and saying, how can she get this? What did she do? You know, maybe she's making too much money. You know, they were upset. And it's like, wow, you know, you get some, you you know, you get in a program, you follow the rules, you do everything that you're supposed to do, and people get upset. And her job had nothing to do with the fact that she got the home. She entered a program. She followed all the rules of the program. She went through the classes. She took the training courses and everything else they asked her to do. And they said, hey, guess what? We're going to give you this home. You know, and so, yeah, you got haters. You know, and and like, again, people were automatically assuming that, oh, she could afford that house because she's making more money. How come she's making more money than I'm making? You know, and it was it wasn't even true. Another thing too, Brian. Sometimes your supervisors and your bosses sometimes they think they can control your life. They think that they control your bank account. They think that they can control 
what you're able to purchase. But when you're able to go out and buy a home or buy a new car or go on a cruise or or do nice things outside of what they have already calculated that you can't do, Uh now you're going to have problems with them. And it's so sad that you can't park your brand-new car in the parking lot for fear of, of your supervisor or someone else acting funny and trying to fire you and doing crazy things. It happens. Oh, yeah. If, if you've worked in an office and you work under people that we have, we've, always, we've all had these type of boss that, and, and some of us are blessed not to have to deal with this, but a lot of us, you know there are games and there's rules. And you see these kids that are coming out of college now, they don't have a clue of the games that's going on in the workplace. They come out of college and say, okay, I know what to do to get a job, but what do you do to keep a job? Right. You can come to work dressed clean every day. Just because you're dressed nice, some folk, Brian, they're going to hold that against you. Oh, yes. Problems. How do you get? How can you afford this? You only make X amount of dollars, or you're only a level one employee. I'm a level five, and I can't afford this nice stuff. You know, and they always try to judge you based upon their opinion of what you should have and their calculations of what their they calculations think you should of have. right of what you can afford. You know, I, I remember when I first bought um, my first luxury car. I was single, no kids, pretty much no bills, and all I would do is spend all my money. Every every month I'd spend up all my money. So I said, you know what, instead of spending all my money on, you know, just nothing or going out and having a good time, I want to buy me a nice car. So I bought an Acura Legend, and immediately folks in my, you know, and I was I was probably the youngest person in my unit, and the folks would say, hey, you went out and bought a Legend? Where you get that kind of money from? And I had to tell them, well, I'm single, no kids, no bills. I don't have, I don't own a home. <laughs> I can afford this car. I don't have any other bills. You know, but it was like almost immediately that people were were jealous. And I'm thinking, why are you jealous? Because it's not that I'm taking money out of your pocket. You know, and it wasn't that I was making that much more than they were. They were actually making more than me. But they couldn't afford it because I guess they just couldn't. But it was be- and I think it was just because the fact that I was able to go and do it and they weren't that they were like, "Hey, wait a minute, you know, you sure that's all that the only this is the only job you have?" You know, and they already begin to insinuate and speculate and try to, you know, and, and the thing they'll try to do also is they'll try to Beat around the bush with it, but they're gonna ask, they're gonna straight up ask you what else are you, are you doing? Are you selling drugs? Or you know how can you afford this? You know, I think I think one thing that we're we have to be mindful of at this point, and we have to be very very careful. We have to be careful of the little games that they can draw you in. Sometimes that can draw you into trouble. Mm-hmm. And at this time of the year, this is not the time to be discussing politics in the workplace. Ooh. This is not that time to do that. Now, this is a free country. You should be able to say what you want. It's free to say it, but there's a cost to it. And I'm not saying that you should be afraid. It's just you're avoiding the pitfalls in the workplace. There are a lot, there are a ton of them. But religion and politics, you do not discuss those things in the workplace. I definitely believe, I am a true believer of that. I've seen people almost come to blows behind it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, mean, now, <laughs> I mean, it's like you go in a job and start talking about, like, let's say you're in a, you're in a job, but mostly all Democrats, and you're a Republican. You go in there and start bad-mouthing Democrats and see what happens, you know, or vice versa. You know, you, your boss is a Republican, you're a staunch Democrat. 
you go in there and start bad-mouthing Republicans, and you could miss out on a promotion, or it could be your last promotion, if you know what I mean. You know, and so sometimes, I mean, those type of situations can get very, very heated. The other thing that is just the last thing you should do is discuss your medical history. Hmm. You know, and everybody talks about, oh, hey, you know, I had this problem wrong with me or I had that wrong with me. You have to be really careful on what you say and who you say it to because let's say you're in a job that requires a lot of physical labor and you tell somebody, yeah, I got a bad back, you know, I pulled my back, you know, they could run to the boss, hey, boss, he can't cut it. He got a bad back. Let me have his position. You see what I mean? Yes. And, and that happens. That happens so much. And the sad part about it is you would think that if you're working at a job and you like your job, that everybody else should like the job, too. Because if you like you like it, you know, and I mean, and I, I think people think like that. Because you like your job, everybody else should like their job as well, mm-hmm. you know. Because we already know if you hate your job, you feel like everybody else should hate the place. But you know what? Every We can change the atmosphere on our jobs. We really can. If we change ourselves, if we stop worrying about what everybody else is doing, we know that you're being mistreated. We know that everybody's not going to agree with you, and we know that you can't make everybody agree with you. I think if you take your job a little bit more seriously. I think I really believe if you take your job and you do everything that you can to make things work in, in your control that you have to do. I really do believe things can change, Brian. Yes. We're going to take another commercial break and when we come back we'll discuss this issue of backstabbers in the workplace. We'll be right back. Here's an important message from Rev. Dr. Jeremiah A. Wright, Jr., Senior Pastor of Trinity United Church of Christ. Did you know that more than half of all the new HIV-AIDS cases reported are among African Americans? Our men, our women, and our children are at risk. We must put aside our fears and exercise our faith and put an end to this deadly disease. Encourage testing. Learn more about HIV and AIDS. For testing locations, contact the CDC National STD and AIDS hotline at 1-800-342-AIDS. Vanessa Williams has one of the best voices in modern music. Did you ever wonder what got her hooked on music when she was growing up? My fondest memory of music in school would have to be playing French horn in the high school orchestra. Under the direction of Mr. Angelo Morosco, we got a chance to travel all over the world. We went to Caracas, Venezuela, Miami, Florida, Nassau, Bahamas, and Seekonk, Massachusetts. Music is like team sports, says Williams. Kids are in it together. Music is good for kids because it teaches you a craft. It demands perfection. It forces you to excel. And it also allows you to be a part of something beautiful that makes wonderful music that transcends all kind of boundaries. A PSA brought to you by MENC, the National Association for Music Education. Gibson Guitar, Baldwin Piano, and this station. Music, part of a sound education. Treat me with understanding. Treat me with respect. Drug and alcohol addiction is an equal opportunity disease. Treat me without judgment. Individuals in recovery come from all walks of life and deserve to be treated with respect for winning one of the hardest battles there is. Treat me with courtesy. Treat me with humanity. Alcohol and drug addiction deserves proper treatment. For drug and alcohol information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. All right, we're back with the Abundant Solutions Hour, and tonight's topic is your job, a love-hate relationship. And, Greg, we actually have some callers on the line. Okay, go to them. All right, let's go to the caller. It's the 407 area code, 407. Are you there? I'm here. 
Hey, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. You have a question or a comment about our show? Um, I kind of just uh, plugged in. I was invited by a young lady uh, out of Orlando. I'm actually on military duty right now in uh, Missouri, and she had enough information that got me interested in the call. Good, good. good. Well, well, tonight's show, we're talking about um, do you hate your job? Is it a love-hate relationship? And we're just talking about some of the things that, a lot of us go through while we're at work, the gossiper, the detective, the nosy person that's always going around telling on everybody. You know, that's what we're talking about right now. And I know at some point we, we, we're not going to put you on the spot. You're a military man, so we're not going to put you on the spot right now. But I'm Oh, sure. put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've had those arrogant sergeants or those arrogant people that just bulldog you and push you and push you to the point where you just want to just throw up. What, well, how, how you, you know, and, and and that's that that's true. Um, as a matter of fact, I am a um, I'm definitely supportive and and not living from paycheck to paycheck and not being in a working situation where you don't enjoy what you're doing. You know. Yeah. And I do believe that that people uh, they do they do for one of two reasons: happiness and money. And it's just unfortunate that uh, we find a lot of people who are just putting up with a, a situation or a condition or an environment that uh, really they, they just get locked into and not realizing that there are other options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, even with the military, uh, funny that you should say that, and I appreciate your respect and relationships to the military, but uh, I've been, I'm fortunate in that sense that uh, I don't have to. Um, I don't have to do the military. I'm actually uh, one of those people. I'm a 26-year uh, military man, and I had been out for 10 years and came back in. Mm-hmm. But the difference in, in my what I'm doing now is I do what I'm doing for a particular reason, not for a military career, not for the military money, not for the security in it. Um, I, I have a uh, home-based business in uh, Orlando, Florida, and it gave me the opportunity to come now and do what I'm doing for the military. So this is like a second time around for me. But I use this opportunity to um, to touch other military men and women and show them that, hey, they're going to spend 10, 15, 20 years of their life to get that one paycheck at the end of their career when I can show them how to do it in a two, three-year time period. Wow. Yeah. You know, let me ask a question. You know, when I think about how most people view their employers, most people may love their job, but they always have this sort of, like, fear of their bosses. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've been around people where they'll say, "Oh man, you can't you can't say that to the, in front of the boss. You can't do that in front of the boss." You know, it's almost like they're afraid to even wink too hard when the boss is there. Did did you ever experience something like that like when you're around your superiors that you felt like you couldn't talk to them or you felt like you couldn't just, you know, tell a joke? You know, um, and, and, and again, you know, I see things from a different perspective. Yes, I've been down those roads to answer to your question. I have. But one thing that I've learned um, about that is this, is that, you know, we have to understand how our how our body works and our mind works. And that's a lot of times we don't spend the time to really learn that. So we never, never really condition ourselves to get the results that we want. And that's really the bottom line to what this whole conversation about how to get out of life what you really want. Now let me let me give you an example on that. Years and years ago I was working and I was living in the state of Virginia and I was working um as uh in the sanitation department. I was a driver, one of the best drivers in that department. Young had a lot of things going for me. And uh, the, the company was changing over, and they asked me that day to go out on a two-man truck, on a three-man truck with two men, which was 
the, the SOP said that if they didn't have the third man, I didn't have to go. And because I refused to go, they took me into the superintendent's office. And this man wanted to tell me that he knew that I was intelligent, he knew that I was, you know, a good employee, but that if I kept going the way that I, go, I was going, that I was going to wind up working temporarily. I told him, point blank, now he's a superintendent, I was just an employee. And I told him that when I leave that city job, that his desk would be the first one that I went by. And he did not like that, and he didn't understand what I meant. So he says to me that I, I, didn't, I didn't strike him as being that smart. Well, I looked at him, and I asked him how long he had been there. He said he had been there, I think, at the time, like 10 years. And I, that's when I told him that his death would be the first one that I passed when I leave. And when I left there, I would never work for anybody again but me. He didn't realize at the time that I had a quarter million dollar worth of real estate. Mm-hmm. That, that was just a job. Now, here's the point to what you were saying. When you have leverage in your pocket, in your financial situation, and in your destiny, you see other people, men or women, equal to yourself, not more based upon their position in life or what they have. That's the difference. And that's what working for yourself or being independent of depending on a check from week to week will allow you to do. It will allow you to voice your opinion. Mm-hmm. It will allow you to say, hey, look, I'm not going to compromise my integrity or my freedom of speech or whatever it is that, that, that you want to say or do. What happened with me? Well, yes, yes. Hey, wonderful example. And we thank you for your call. We want to go to the next caller. And this caller is also in the 407 area code. Caller, are you there? Hi, it's Kimberly. Kimberly, how are you? I'm doing really well. Good, good. You have a question or a question or a comment about the show tonight? Absolutely. I find that um the thing that had helped me when I was working, um I had to realize that it's just a perfect example of just everyday life, but maybe magnet magnified a little bit. Um, you're going to have to deal with people unless you are a hermit and you choose to live in a tree or on a uh, desert island. Um, you're you're going to have to learn how to deal with people, and it starts within. And I've had a lot of um, hard times just learning that um, the peace has to come from within you. You go with you go in and you go and you keep the peace within and then those buttons that people easily try to push, they can't do it. I mean I'm not gonna say that that's not gonna stop you from being fired because you do have control freaks and, and the whole gamut of things. I'm just saying that 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 peace has to remain within you when you're on there. When you're knowing that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, that you're not seeking your your soul satisfaction in this job or career. Um, that you're also looking elsewhere to develop relationships, get a good church home or some kind of organization where you can get that socialization skills so you won't look for it on a job, and um, build a healthy home environment so that when you leave that place, you can come into your home and you can leave everything that you just encountered. You can leave that on the other side of the door, and you can make your home a refuge and really enjoy your family and love and peace. Tranquility comes from within. Yeah, you know, Kimberly, I want to I want to comment on something you said. You talked about socialization skills, and you know that's something that I don't ever remember taking a class on socialization skills. You know what I mean? And so, a lot of it is taught by your associations. It's taught by who you hang around with and whatever their values are, and then they sort of equate into you know, into your mindset, into your lifestyle. And, you know, that's one of the things what Greg was talking about earlier when do you, you know, do you really want to go and hang out with your boss or do you really want to go and, you know, and build these outside of the job 
relationships with your coworkers. And, you know, you got to be really careful because sometimes socializing and having fun with them could mean that you don't have a job later. But if you don't know how they socialize, if you don't have good socialization skills, you may be a great worker but a lousy team player. You see what I mean? Because you don't know how to talk to a certain person. When you're trying to get your point across, you may come off as being brash you know, or harsh or not you know, affirming enough. You know, and so I think that's one thing that we really have to look at. And, you know, it was, I, I appreciate your comment, you know, because I think it was great that you said that you have to go and learn these things and, you know, find places where you can learn them, you know, like a good church or a service organization. Like if you have to talk a lot on your job, you may want to go join something like uh, a Toastmasters so you can learn how to effectively speak and get your point across without saying, uh. You know, <laughs> and or if you don't socialize well, you may want to join a social club to see what other people, you know, do when they socialize, you know, or an etiquette class. If you have to go and do business luncheons or something like that, you may want to learn how to make sure that your fork is on the right side and that you, you don't eat your meat with the salad fork, <laughs> you know. And Brian, I, I, I think one of the most important things, I think, the bottom line to all of this is we have to know who we are. We have to know who we are when we go to work every morning because if you don't know who you are, they're going to give you an identity and you will not like the identity that they're going to give you. But, right. uh, but again, I think it's so important that we know who we are because people will do mean and cruel things, but the thing about it is when they start saying these mean and cruel things, they have to have your permission to, for it to even take effect in your life. Yes, yes. Greg, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll have more on your job, a love-hate relationship. We'll be right back. I lost my job. I lost I lost my job. I lost my home. What is the cost of drug and alcohol addiction? I lost my health. I lost my self-respect. I lost my freedom. If you have a drug or alcohol problem, remember treatment is effective and recovery is possible. For information on drug and alcohol treatment referral for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP and see what you could save. With recovery, I got my life back. I was the last one of all my friends to do it. After I did it my first time, I told everybody I had such a big mouth about it. You got all that energy flowing inside, and you go in and commit. 20 million women didn't vote in the last presidential election. This November 7th, do something really important for your country. Vote. It's a beautiful thing. Sponsored by Women's Voices, Women Vote, a nonpartisan organization that does not support or oppose any candidates. Yo, Dad, have I told you how proud I am of you? Hey, thanks, son. What did I do? I think you're eating extra vegetables and snacking on apples. Just trying to stay healthy by eating my nine servings of fruits and vegetables a day. I even saw you slip carrot sticks in your gym bag. You noticed that? I sure did. Well, that's what you've got to do to stay healthy and fit. <laughs> and that's why you're my hero, my role model, my shining all right, star. All right, what do you want? The car, some cash, and your old school CD. <laughs> oh, my son. A message from the Department of Health and Human Services. If someone you love has a problem with drugs and alcohol... Isn't it expecting this? Yeah, but it's the right thing. There is something you can do. You think I'll be okay with this? Shh, here he comes. Congratulations! You can celebrate his recovery every chance you get. For drug and alcohol treatment referral for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. We're back with the Abundant Solutions Hour, and tonight's topic is your job, a love-hate relationship. You know, Greg, before the break, we were talking about how important it is for you to know who you are and 
you know, also I was talking a little bit about, you know, making sure that you have the right socialization skills. You know, one of our callers had, had commented on that. And, you know, what do you do when you have someone who's just flat out just rude, disrespectful, poor etiquette, and they're your supervisor? <laughs> pray, pray, and keep praying. <laughs> I, I think um, that person is a time bomb. They're ticking. Mm-hmm. It won't last long. They can't live like that for a long period of time and not operate and someone not see it. Now, in this day and age, if you start talking loud in your office, someone's going to call the police and they're going to take you out of there. And you'll probably never be able to go back into that building again because the the world is on edge right now. Right. Domestic violence is crazy. And people uh, getting upset with this road rage and coming into work, they're just not having that anymore. You can't go in the office doing that now. And right. if you do, they have security. They're going to come get you. They're coming to get you. But if you have a person that's nasty on paper, that's a different thing. But one thing these people forget, when they're nasty like that and they're doing all these things, they are leaving a paper trail. They're digging a hole for you, but they're going to be the one that's going to fall in it. it it's always that way. Always. Mm-hmm. Greg, we have another caller on the line. Okay. Let's go to them. Caller from the 868 area code. Are you there? Oh, they hung up. Okay, they didn't want to talk to us tonight. (laughs) That's quite all right. You can still listen online, www.blogtalkradio.com slash ASE motivation. (laughs) Nice little plug for the show. You know, Greg, again, you have to be real careful because... What most people fail to do is they fail to leave their personal problems at home. They bring them to work, and then they force them on you because they're going through it while they're at work. A lot of times they're not focusing on what they're supposed to be doing at work, and they, they get to going, you know, on and on about what they had to deal with yesterday or what they were dealing with this morning or I can't cope right now because... You know, this is happening in my personal life, you know, and it's hard to disassociate yourself with it when you're at work because you know it is on your mind and you do think about it. But the worst thing you can do is to talk about it and continuously talk about it when you're supposed to be working. You know, if you want to take a 15-minute break and maybe go talk about it, that's fine. But when you, you know, when... Because a lot of times people see it as a disruption. They're tired of hearing about your stories about how, you know, your husband or your wife just won't act right or they're spending too much money or, you know, they don't want to hear about that during the day. That's what, that's what you know, off time is reserved for. That's, if you want to discuss that in your off time, that's wonderful. You know, discuss it with somebody, who you know, who won't go and spread your business around now. <laughs> you know, I want I want to premise that. You know, but I think the workplace is not the place to discuss personal things. You know, and I mean, I've even heard people talk about, you know, things on a very very personal nature at work. You know, about who they slept with or you know, yes. or yes. who's sleeping with who or I know who's baby daddy is really not the baby daddy and you know, Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't talk about that at work. First yeah. of all, you shouldn't talk about it at all. But don't talk about it at work. Yes, yes, I believe that. Brian, I think we give our supervisors, I think we give our jobs too much power over us. Mm-hmm. I, I really do believe that. Yes. I, I think that we allow them to control us. We allow them to control our home. We're allowing them to control what we can have because we base everything, a lot of us, we base everything on our job. And if you ask somebody tomorrow, can you get this or can you, well, my job, the amount of money that I'm making says no. 
Why are you giving that kind of power to someone over you? A lot of us, Brian, have become slaves. I said it earlier. I said it again. A lot of a lot of us have become slaves, and you've allowed your supervisor to know what you're spending, and that person is mistreating you because they know they have a rope around your neck, and there's nothing that you can do mm-hmm. because you've given him that power. Now you have to take it back. How can you get your head out of the lion's mouth now? And if you don't believe that, purchase a car. And it's better and that car is better than your supervisor's car. Or or purchase a nice big house. And your supervisor's making twice the amount of money that you make and can't afford the house they're in. And see, and that's what happens. And it and sad part about it, you can absolutely flat out love what you do and love the place you're working in. And I guarantee you somebody there will try to destroy your future there. You see it all the time. They're unhappy, but you're happy. And they can't figure out why you're happy because they're not happy. And they're saying, if I'm not happy and I'm making more money than that person, why are they happy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see, I mean, I used to remember I remember um, talking to this guy, and he was talking about how he just hated his job. I hate this job. Oh, I hate this job. I can't stand this job. I hate this job. I hate this job. I hate this job. And then he got fired. And he's like, oh, man, I can't believe they fired me. I was like, well, you hated the job. <laughs> you should be happy now. And he he went back, back, please hire me back, please hire me back. I need this job, I need this job, I need this job. Right. But it was, you know, but you were speaking your own demise. You kept begging them to fire you. Yes, and that's so true, Brian. You're right <laughs> on the head. Brian, let me see who this caller is on the 868. I believe I know the caller. Caller from the 868 area code, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? Oh, great, great, great. This yes. is good. I'm I... so happy to be able to speak with you guys. <laughs> great. This is Brian, not the first is... time that I tried. Uh, this is a call from the Caribbean. Yes. Oh. Yes. I, yeah, I saw the is. number. I saw the number. I said, Brian, we have to go to her. We have two minutes left. And I know. Have... I realized that, and I missed it, but I'll call sometime soon. Yes. I just wanted to say that it was a great show. I thought it was very enlightening. And Brian, Thank she, you. Brian, she yeah. is an attorney. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but what it's worth, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So well, I what... wanted to talk a little bit about that and about how working for yourself is a time, that kind of thing. Yeah. Because I just left a job. I just left a job where... Uh, there was an employee, a very formal work environment, and then I went off into my own. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about that, but I know that you're out of time. Yes, mm-hmm. now, so we're going to have to have you. You know what? We're going to have to have you back on the show. We're going to have a show with just you and and, and myself and Brian, and we, we're going to. Oh, I'd appreciate that a whole lot. So everybody's heard it. So Vanessa much. is going to come back on, and we're going to listen to her, and we're going to learn a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I yes. hope so. Okay, Brian, you're doing a great job. You too, Greg. I thank just you. wanted to say hello. Great job, guys. I listen to the program from time to time. I oh, kept trying you. to get in tonight, but I wasn't sure that I was actually on because I was the, the voice was actually delayed on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So I wasn't sure whether I would get on or whether I had to listen to it. I wasn't sure how it worked, but I, I'm calling from the telephone and not from the Internet. Yes. So uh-huh. that's what's happening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, guys. It's so nice getting in finally. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, we thank you for calling, and we'll definitely be in touch. Okay, yes. and you guys have a great evening. Thank All right, you, you too. Oh, what's left of it? Thank yes. you. Okay. <laughs> yes, Brian. That's my good friend Vanessa. She's calling from Trinidad. Ah. Uh, yes. 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 But Brian, uh, to to all of our listeners tonight, when you go to work on Monday, <laughs> go with a different attitude. I think Brian, we need to treat our jobs. As, as important as the uh, president, we we should look at our jobs. As, uh, you know, this is a blessing to us. We have been given this responsibility to do what we're supposed to do, and we're supposed to have fun. And Brian, we have about thirty twenty seconds left. If you would, you can close it out. Okay, um, I just want to close out by saying, love your job, 
And make sure you go out tomorrow, FAMU, 6 o'clock, Lee Hall Auditorium. Sometimes I cry, Cheryl Lee Ralph. Be there. Yes. That being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Good evening.